0: Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI HBR Minute podcast episode, I explore the recent HBR video, Want to be happier? Value time over money. Welcome back to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. It's great to be with you again today for this HBR Minute episode where I'll be exploring the recent HBR video, Want to be Happier? Value Time over Money by Ashley Willens. Here's how to know if you're making enough time for happiness and what to do if you're not. A preponderance of evidence shows that the feeling of having enough time, time affluence, is now at a record low in the United States. This situation is so severe, it could even be described as a famine. A collective cultural failure to effectively manage our most precious resource, time. Time poverty exists across all economic strata and its effects are profound. Research shows that those who feel time poor experience lower levels of happiness and higher levels of anxiety, depression, and stress. They express less joy. They laugh less. They exercise less and are less healthy. Their productivity at work is diminished. They are more likely to get divorced. Harvard Business School's Ashley Willens offers advice on how to reclaim your time and to be happier. I'll catch you on the flip side of this first clip.
1: Time poverty is a pervasive problem. It's been getting worse, and it affects people all over the world. We often think about poverty in terms of financial terms, not having enough money. But something that's really detrimental to our subjective well-being is not having enough time. So this idea of being time poor, having too many things to do and not enough time in the day to do them, afflicts 80 percent of working Americans today and affects working employees all over the world and can have stronger negative effects on happiness than being unemployed.
0: Over 80% of Americans are time poor, which has tremendous negative impacts on overall subjective well-being and a whole variety of other performance-based measures and overall happiness. And so we need to really pay attention to what it means to be not only impoverished from an economic standpoint, but also uh, from a time standpoint. So she'll be going through and and talking about why it's important and what we can do about this to reclaim our time so that we can better own our life and, and find greater happiness, joy, and productivity.
1: I really wanted to understand whether some people were more broadly oriented to thinking about giving up money to have more free time or there, some people were more strongly oriented to give up time in order to have more money. So I developed this survey tool which is really simple. Are you more like Taylor or are you more like Morgan? So Taylor would rather prioritize time over money. Taylor's willing to give up money in order to have more time, such as by working fewer hours. Or are you more like Morgan? Are you willing to give up time in order to have more money so you'd rather work more and have less time off. Does your blood curdle if you think about the idea of paying someone to do a disliked task? Because that means you're probably holding onto your money even if that money could be used to have more and better time. Do you spend a lot of time researching the best deal so you're giving up your own time to save money? If so, you're probably more like Morgan, and less like Taylor. In all of my studies, I find that there's a pretty equal split, but what I find over and over again is that people who prioritize time over money report greater happiness, less stress, better social relationships. People who identify with Morgan, who say that they were willing to give up time in order to have more money, on average are less happy, have less high-quality social relationships, are more stressed out. You have a tendency to engage in activities that are likely to make you stressed and unhappy and that you need to be aware of this general tendency. Otherwise, you could end up lonelier than you wish you were, working more hours than you wish you were, having fewer friends and less hobbies than you wish you had.
0: So it's really interesting to think about uh, this difference between uh, really focusing on your time versus your money and while generally I would consider myself to be one who values time over money, and and I have made career sacrifices, you know, that have put left a lot of money on the table, uh, so that I can have more autonomy and flexibility and more time with my family. So I tend to think of myself that way. But I also realize as I'm listening to her talk about her research that I also am a fairly frugal person, which means I I don't like paying other people for tasks that I could do, which take my time. I like to search out good deals, which takes time. I will go to multiple stores to try to find a good deal. I'll spend time online researching before going to buy something. All of this takes time, and that's time that is valuable, right? Uh, And so it's interesting and and it's helped me to reframe my thinking around the value of time versus money. It's not just about making work and job related um, priorities or sacrifices based on your time uh, and money uh, equilibrium, you know, whatever seems to work best for you. But it's all of these other little things, all the little decisions that go into our day about how we spend our time. And uh, ultimately, if I get so bogged down in doing all of these daily tasks uh, that just to save a, a little bit of money, uh, then am I really getting the most out of my time? And am I really being able to spend the most amount of time with my family that I that I set as a priority? Uh, or am I spending you know a good chunk of the time that I'm at home really just working on uh, these these tasks and trying to find good deals?
1: There are many routes to getting to time affluence, and the first step is to understand exactly this point. What activities bring you joy in a day? What activities bring you misery? Which activities feel like time traps, like you're stuck and you can't get out of those activities and you wish you were doing literally anything else? And then trying to structure your day either by outsourcing or delegating or time management strategies Making it so that your your schedule on an everyday basis has a lot of activities that bring you joy, pleasure, and meaning. And so what those activities are are gonna look different for everyone. Some people really enjoy cooking. Other people would, would give up half of their salary to never have to cook again, which many of us do, like myself included. There's really no one-size-fits-all solution for time affluence, but the first step is trying to understand, what activities do I do in a day that I really enjoy?
0: And thinking about time affluence is definitely something that I should consider more carefully in my own personal life. What tasks am I doing at home that I can outsource, Uh, whether that be cooking, cleaning, uh, yard work, uh, whatever. And the reality is, you know... What I value most about my time at home with my family is actually spending time with my family, spending time with my wife, with my kids, doing fun things. Some of that can involve us doing work together, working in the yard together, cleaning the house together, cooking and cleaning up meals together. Uh, that's valuable. But if, if I'm just stuck in the garage tinkering and working on stuff that has me pulled away from the family or I'm spending hours out in the yard uh, by myself, then I'm not actually spending time with them. And so I need to carefully consider that and de- determine what's, you know, in the calculus of our life in terms of the economics and the time resources that we have, you know, what is possible? Now, certainly if, if money is tight, that changes the equation. And that means I, we have to tighten the belt and we have to do more ourselves and find better deals. And it's, it's an analysis that we'll have to do. But, you know, we're fortunate enough to not really have those types of um, concerns and constraints. So we're not rich, but we have enough for our needs. And, and so that means we really can prioritize what are we going to spend our time doing so we have enough time together uh, to really enjoy each other, to relax, to, to experience the, the satisfaction and pleasure and joy that comes uh, from a life well-lived.
1: A lot of us feel like outsourcing is not for me, but we find powerful benefits of giving up money to have more free time, even at really small dollar amounts, and even among college students. A couple of my favorite examples are students who hear me lecturing on these topics, and are on a shoestring budget or living in their parents' basement. And they tell me, I've been able to spend money in ways that save me time every day. I had one student who was walking to work and bought a used bike, so that saved them a few minutes in the morning while they were going to work at their local cafe. Another student bought a coffee machine that automatically brews coffee in the morning to save them a few minutes while they're kind of scrambling around in the dark trying to get ready. And they've said that that has significantly increased their well-being.
0: So, what are things that we can do and outsource to increase our emotional, our mental, uh, and overall social well-being? Those well-being factors that are associated with time. What can I give up? Uh, What? work tasks can I delegate? What can I assign to other people? Now obviously we need to um, take ownership over you know, uh, and be accountable for those aspects of our life that we're responsible for. We can't outsource everything and we shouldn't become those people that aren't willing to roll up our sleeves and put in some hard work and, and sometimes do some undesirable tasks. That's not what she's suggesting, that's not what I'm suggesting. Uh, certainly there are times where you're going to have to do the types of tasks uh, that you don't want to do uh, but but generally speaking there are things we can uh, make choices on and find balance in our life because we're we're willing to to pay to increase the amount of time we have in terms of discretionary time at our disposal to spend time with Loved ones, friends, family, or even just on self-care, relaxation, sleep, uh, some of those types of things so that we're taking care of ourselves.
1: I'm generally a Morgan, even though I study time and happiness. So what I do in my own life is that I try to make some small decisions around the margins to give up money to have more free time. My partner and I actively talk about outsourcing in busy weeks, so we won't cook in weeks where we're both very busy, so we're willing to kind of trade in some of that money that we're making to have more and better time so we can enjoy our time off together, which is quite limited. One of the ways that people can spend money or use money to gain happiness is to exchange money for more free time. So you can sort of work fewer hours, and you can also give up money to have more and better time by outsourcing your disliked tasks to others, hiring a house cleaner, ordering takeout. I also try to add time affluent producing activities into my schedule. I put in a walk or a run every day into my calendar and I treat that as the most important work meeting. I also do a lot of time blocking related to my actual work so that my work doesn't run into all hours of the day and night, almost being as regimented about time and leisure as I am about work.
0: I like the idea of time blocking and making sure that you're really setting aside and prioritizing those elements that you find most important for your uh, your personal well-being your life satisfaction your relational development Uh, So setting aside time uh, time blocking for date night for example with my wife is something that's very important to me Uh, Time blocking for individual time with my kids. I have six kids and I want to be able to spend personal time with each of them as well as time with all of them together. And so we schedule out time to go on Daddy-Daughter and daddy sun Dates uh, to make sure that I have a chance to spend that time with them. And time with my dogs, it it's, uh, may sound silly, but you know the, the half an hour that I take my dogs out on a daily walk around the park – that's as much for me as it is for them. Uh, it's good exercise for them. It's it's good exercise for me, but it's also just a mental break uh, and it's it's for my own mental well-being as well. So blocking those things out, being regimented about how you spend your time uh, will really help you to maximize and get the most out of your time. And then there are some things that you can just set aside, even if it kind of makes you feel guilty for, you know, paying someone to mow your lawn or uh, getting takeout instead of making a homemade meal, you know, we, we all have to, to prioritize. And for me, I'd rather have a little bit more time with my family rather than, you know, having a little bit more money in the bank.
1: Some people often push back and say, well, isn't that a nice luxury? And that seems a little bit selfish to focus on time. I should be focusing on others or helping my organizations or my society or money. All my data suggests that focusing on time is is the selfless decision because by focusing on time, by feeling in control of your life, you have the bandwidth and the capacity to ultimately focus on others and to support causes and contribute your energy to issues that really matter.
0: I mean, the truth is, it is a nice luxury, uh, and and I have to admit, you know, I have a lot of privileges in my life. And a lot of those are built upon economic privilege. And so there are people around the world who are in in, uh, less than desirable socioeconomic kind of conditions. And they don't have the luxury of thinking, how can I spend more time with my family or on self-care or personal well-being? Because they're just trying to make ends meet. They're trying to keep a roof over their head. They're trying to feed their family. Uh, And I get that. we are fortunate, though, and I suspect that most listening to this podcast fall into that fortunate camp of of having that privilege. And if if we do have that privilege, we do need to give back. Uh, we do need to find opportunities to contribute back to society, to benefit others, to be generous with our time and our money, and uh, to to help those who are in need. And and anyone who's listened to this podcast extensively, you know that one of the things that I spend a lot of time on is social impact work. Uh, and, and I ha- have a, a, a huge passion for bettering our, our communities, but I also agree with what she said in kind of countering that pushback that she often receives. And that is that when we take care of ourselves, we're in a better position to help. And so whether it's financial means or it's time to serve our neighbor, uh, and to help out in our community, whatever the case may be, when, we take care of ourselves and prioritize self-care, prioritize our personal well-being, it's it's not selfish. Now, to, if, if we're only constantly looking for opportunities um, for ourselves and we're never looking outward to others, then that is selfish. But that's not what she's advocating for. And I doubt that's what most of us are experiencing. So look for ways to stretch yourself, look for ways to contribute, look for ways to serve others. Um, but, but remember, take care of yourself first and the, the better place that I'm in, the more I can serve my wife and my family, the more I can serve my community, um, both financially and in terms of time. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the human capital innovations podcast. As always, I hope you stay healthy and safe that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you have a great week.